On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the throw-in independent.ie's GAA podcast. I'm Will Slattery and we have a great All-Ireland final preview show for you today. I'll be joined on the line a little later by Alan Brogan to discuss Dublin's bid for three in a row. But first, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Rory O'Connor of Rory Stories, Conor McKeown of The Herald, and on the line is Tomas O'Shea, Kerry legend. Conor, it's funny, uh, I was reading some of the coverage uh, of the match over the weekend and a lot of it was centred around you know Dublin's place in history there was a big spread in the Sunday Independent comparing them to the Kerry Golden generation you know are we in danger of forgetting you know Mayo's credentials here they, they beat Kerry very well in the semi-final they took Dublin to a replay where they lost by only one point last year it, they seem to be kind of lost in the shuffle a bit you know I remember 2010 when we were we were just about to christen Kilkenny in five in a row I don't remember 82 but it, like it sounded like a lot of people were, were ready to do that one as well I remember uh, Mead when they hammered Kerry in 2001 like all these coronations that we all expected were going to happen that never really did transpire I suppose part of the reason that a lot of people are seeing Dublin as All-Ireland champions is that they find it hard to see Mayo as All-Ireland champions purely because they've never seen it before you know I mean until you go and do the thing you can't be necessarily trusted to do the thing and it's an odd quirk of Mayo that you know okay they drew with Dublin last year they lost by a point in the replay to Drew in 2015. There was only a point between them in the 2013 All-Ireland. But for whatever reason, in league and championship, you have to go back to 2012, the All-Ireland semi-final, for the first time, that, or for the last time that Mayo have beaten Dublin. Uh, they haven't beaten them since Jim Gavin became manager. And I would imagine that that's a very a very deliberate ploy on Jim Gavin's part. Now, more than beating Kerry in the league, you know, routinely was was something that he used. I think, you know, you know Jim Gavin would have employed the... I suppose the theory that you can never beat your All-Ireland rivals often enough. So, yeah, I think, you know, part of the reason that we're talking Dublin up is because we're looking for stories from this All-Ireland final. And if it's not the greatest, like, you know, if Mayo win it, it's the greatest GA story that we've ever known, essentially. Not just in the context of this season and their 10 games and all the strife and all the tactical switches that we've kind of witnessed, but obviously in the historical context, firstly of this team and the county. But, you know, if that doesn't happen, if the thing that seems more likely happens, you know, I think we, you know, we need, we need, we need some sort of story to tell there too and I suppose Dublin's kind of potential greatness seems to be the obvious topic of discussion Yeah Rory as a man who's been tipping Mayo all year you must have loved all this coverage this week kind of putting Dublin up on that pedestal because Mayo now 
are coming into the final. I wouldn't say under the radar by any means because Connor's obviously outlined why they're such a big story. But a lot of the focus has been on Dublin and the bracket they might enter if they do win. Yeah, I think um, Mayo are in a great position for a group of players and supporters. Like I don't think it's the first time in a while there has been massive hype around them. Um, now, of course, the Mayo bandwagon will will get motoring this week, and the fans will start to believe. You know, they let their heart rule the head and stuff like that. But. I think it's great. Like even I met my local barber. Now it wasn't for a haircut, obviously. Like I met, <laughs> I met him down there for a few points the other day, and he was like, oh, "I'm telling you now, Roddy, by fifty second, fifty third minute, we'll be all singing Champione up in the hill." And I was like, "This is beautiful. I love hearing this. This is music." Met another dub down the road. Ah, oh, Roddy, what are you on tipping me? Oh, sure, we're the best team ever. Like, this is what's going on in Dublin at the moment. And then players, no matter how bulletproof they are, they, they will hear that left, right, and centre, and they're only human at the end of the day. And again. On the flip side, Mayo, oh, no one's given the hope, the best Dublin team ever. People, am I the only one that's delusional seeing that this Mayo team are coming like a steam train? Oh, for the, since they, they got over them stuttery games when you had a bit of luck, they ran through the qualifiers, they hit Crow Park. Yes, they started in the first game as Ross Common. Second game, they clicked, bang, put Kerry to the sword, a so-called coming Kerry team. Now, I know there's questions that they aren't quite the team we thought they were as well, but... So many of their key men are in the best form of their lives. Like Andy Moran is unbelievable, a good form. Colin Boyle is a man absolutely possessed. I would hate to have to curtail him and Crow Park on Sunday. The madness in him. He wants that. Lee Keegan, Aidan O'Shea, I'm convinced, is going to have a big final. He's been unreal till he was thrown in on Donahue. So I'm just looking at it from my point of view. Yes, if all things go according to plan and everything goes rose in the garden, Dublin will bring on their bench in the you know, 60th minute to win by three points. Best team ever. But... Life doesn't go like that. And I firmly, firmly believe in the pit of my stomach that Mayo are going to win on Sunday. Genuinely do. Like, Well, leave that aside for a moment. Tomas, I'll bring in you now. I really enjoyed your column on Saturday, kind of, but it read almost like a post-match column kind of about how great Dublin are having secured the three in a row. You know, as Rory outlined there, this Mayo team have just beaten a very strong Kerry team. Their key players seem to be hitting their form at the perfect time. Do you, do you think people are maybe just jumping to a conclusion already? Um, look, I suppose that this Dublin team have, have I suppose, built a, a kind of a, 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 a... The last few years, like, they've just mowed down whatever's thrown in front of them. You know, any anybody that's come near them. Kerry have, I think, looking at it now, and it's easy to be wise after every time Kerry played them, I think we'd have a chance, and you'd always give Kerry a chance against Dublin. But the reality is we were hitting above our weight. You know, they just have... They're the ultimate football team at the moment. Now, my article Saturday was about Dublin. It wasn't about Mayo. And I'll talk about Mayo. And I do agree. I, I agree that Mayo will probably push Dublin closer than any team have pushed them this year. Um, but what Dublin have done, like, I, I don't agree. Every great team will come to an end. You see Bernard Brogan sitting out. You see Michael Dara McCauley sitting out. But they still have such a core group of players inside there. And the young fellas, Conor Cannon, seamlessly seamlessly fitting in there you can be guaranteed David Clifford down in Kerry if he was introduced in to that Kerry team he would struggle if he, David Clifford was introduced in the mid-noughties into that Kerry team I don't know in, in a couple of years time whenever he's ready to come in into the setup, if he does it all he would fit in more seamlessly than, than other players who, who can't it's very very difficult Dublin can bring in one or two young players every year they don't need success at underage they need one or two young players and they have that at the moment they have a core group of young lads, Kilkenny, McCarthy, Fenton. These guys are serious, serious footballers. Now, everybody's beatable. Everybody is beatable. There's no doubt about that. And you can hit a wall and uh, things can go wrong in a day. But 
and Mayo, to be fair, this year have been outstanding. It's it's it's. I think they've got better in the coaching and the tactic side of it as well as the players themselves. Like they were, like I, I, we all said I on the Sunday game some night there during the year that they weren't in the top three, and they weren't. They were struggling there early on. They weren't in the top three. Tyrone were playing better football up the north, but then you have to look it back and you say how good is Ulster at the moment. Uh, Dublin obviously we couldn't judge them on Leinster. Kerry were going through uh, Munster with no problems either. So. Mayo have come through a long road, you know. They've, they've, they've whatever their tenth game. Um, do they have an off look? I, I, I think if you look at Mayo this year, lads, it's you've the same. The goalie, I think, has improved a small bit in terms of kickouts. They've been especially in the last game. I thought he was outstanding in that. The backs are as like Keith Higgins. I think is having an outstanding season. Boyle, brilliant. But that running game they have is excellent. I thought Kerry. I don't think the the last game they played against Kerry helped them in any way because maybe like they're not going to be. They're meeting a wall here on Sunday. Like you saw Mannion, you saw Conor Callahan working hard, Kilkenny the way he works back. Like the carry, the carry midfield unit of the six half hours, six half backs and midfield were very, very disappointing for me the last day. But midfield, Tom Parsons, Shemish O'Shea playing outstanding the last couple of games, especially. But it's up front. When you look at up front, Doherty and Moran for me have stood out and they have played a lot, lot better this year. And they've taken a little bit of pressure off Killian O'Connor. But, and this is the but, I've always, Mayo people are always giving out to me saying, why am I always picking on Killian O'Connor being the only forward out of Mayo? I guarantee you, it'll probably, no, I can't guarantee it, but I have a funny feeling that we'll be saying the same thing about Mayo on Sunday, that they don't have the forwards to really win in All-Ireland. And that'd be the worry I would have for Mayo. I think everywhere else, nobody can question them. Nobody can question what they've done this year or in the last six, seven years. Now, the big thing is, and another big thing for Mayo is they got over Kerry. You know, they, they was, Kerry was a, a thorn in their pocket that they couldn't get over, but they did. And they were a point down going into injury time. And they actually had the, the balls and the nerve to, to stick it out and win that. So there's no doubt that, that mentally they're a tougher team probably. But... I think with the likes of Cooper and McMahon, um, Fitzsimons inside that full back line, they're not going to get the space. I'd be surprised if Andy Moore kicks one or two or three from play. I'd be surprised if, if any of their forward, full forward line kicked more than two or three points from play. And that'd be my... like. Kerry fouled a lot. Dublin don't really foul as much. You know, I think the one thing that Mayo are doing this year, they're kicking the ball a lot longer. Their their running game is very, very good. And that mix might hurt Dublin at times. But it's hard. I don't know. I think Mayo really, really have to give us something completely, something that we haven't seen this year from them. And I, I, I know they've played very well as in the latter stages. But something we haven't seen in the last two or three years against Dublin. Like I mean, Dublin are that bit. Of, like that article last weekend was... I do believe that Dublin are, are are ahead of everybody else, and I, I have no problem saying that. I, I think their like their goalie is ahead of every goalie in the country. Their defence is ahead of every defence in the country. They are like no Mayo would test them there to be fair to them, but I do I think Mayo at times can be opened at the back, whereas Dublin seem to fucking, they shut doors everywhere. Like you know, um, midfield and forward line. That forward line is is tough. Like you have there are six men that will need watching there on Sunday. Six of them. Mm. I just want to bring on. Ian Connor on one of those points Tomas made there but the, the Mayo full, full forward line in particular 
like he says that he can't see maybe anymore in replicating some of his earlier performances, but if he can, that surely will be the difference of them coming up one point short last year, drawing the game last year, and then finally winning the All-Ireland. That inside forward line, they haven't introduced anyone new, but if they can just up their performances, that will surely be the difference. Well, it's, it, 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 yeah, like it's, it's an amazing thing about this Mayo team that like, I mean, I think they have had to be a better team this year than they were last year to get to the All-Ireland final. Uh, I think they had to be a better team last year than they were the year before to get to the All-Ireland final. So they've improved every year, but it's still the same group of players, which is remarkable because if you look at the opposite thing, if you look at it from Jim Gavin's point of view, Dublin got to the All-Ireland final last year and fell flat. Their forward line looked old, it looked slow, and their, their, their attack and play looked laborious, and largely they were closed down. Now, if you looked at the Dublin attack the last day, there were two players who started last year's All-Ireland run um, to draw an All-Ireland final against Mayo that started against Tyrone. So Jim Gavin has changed two-thirds of his forward line. And mostly it's with youth. He's brought in uh, Con O'Callaghan, he's brought in Paul Mannion, and he's brought in Niall Scully. So like, there's one manager who, despite the fact that they won an All-Ireland, said, right, we need to change, and what do we need to change? And they got an awful lot of pace and an awful lot of youth into their attack. But you know, I suppose the remarkable thing from Mayo's point of view is that they knew they had to improve, but it's actually just the same fellas on the pitch that are making those improvements. Yeah, interestingly on that, like I, I can't remember who said this, so forgive me if I'm stealing your point uh, I heard it on radio over the weekend but the one good thing that Dublin have going for them is a lot of players haven't played in all the various All-Ireland so this three in a row thing isn't as big a deal as it would be maybe for Tomas's Kerry team when the team was very much the same yeah. some guys are going for their first All-Ireland some for their second some for their fifth or sixth you know so there's a good mix so there's not one kind of looming pressure yeah, well, when you think about it, like Conor Callan was, what, 15 when Dublin won the All-Ireland in 2011, mm. you know, for him, that's not a thing, you know, and Conor Callan, I know people say that this is his first year, but it's actually not, like, he, he made his championship debut last year in Nolan Park, he came on as a substitute against Leash, so he sat for a summer on the bench, you know, he's watched the other lads win the All-Ireland, he's probably, you know, you know, celebrated an All-Ireland that he wasn't really a huge part of, and now... You know, he has gotten his head. He has been selected in the team. Like, even just on that point, like, Jim Gavin will say that he selects the, the fellas that are in the best form. But, like, it was obvious that he was going to try and get Conor Callan into his team because, like, Conor Callan couldn't play during the league. He was, you know, club tied with Kula in the hurling. And then he was tied with the Dublin under-21 team. So he selected him for the first round of the championship and he had a poor, very poor game against Carlo. Yeah, he stuck with him for the second game. So I think you can actually see that from Dublin's point of view. Paul Mannion is the same thing. Like Mannion was a young player with a lot of pace and a very good left foot, but never in a million years did you imagine that he'd be back in his own half-back line turning over to Rome ball carriers like he was the last day. And his point-taking has come on huge. Yeah, well. but, but even in the context of the Mayo game this weekend, I think like, Dublin will know a huge source of strength with Mayo is from Keith Higgins and Lee Keegan and Colin Boyle carrying the ball from their own defence. And I think in the past, you've seen fellas like Bernard Brogan or Paul Flynn maybe pass those men on when they've crossed the halfway line. But I think Dublin will defend them a little bit like the defender Tyrone in the semi-final. Their inside forwards will actually go 90 yards with them. They'll actually follow them all the way down the pitch and Dublin will seek to make it as much a man-to-man -man individual battle as possible. Because for all the talk over the last few years that Mayo are one of the few teams that can move with Dublin, that they can hit with Dublin, that they're as quick and as strong as them. I don't think that's actually true anymore. I think with the addition of Mannion and Conor Callaghan and James McCarthy into midfield alongside Brian Fenton and also Scully even the last day, I think Dublin actually are, are possibly the most mobile football team we've ever seen. Yeah, Tomas, two tactical battles I'd like to get your opinion on is what way do you think Mayo should use Aidan O'Shea? And for Lee Keegan, who do you think maybe he should pick up because he's done some really good man-marking jobs in the past? 
Yeah, I think if you look at Lee Keegan, first of all, anyway, Lee Keegan in the replay last year, I think in the, in the drawn game, he did a man-marking job. Um, and I think he took away from his natural. I think naturally he's probably, with McCaffrey, the best attacking halfback in the country over the last few years. Now, I know Colin Boyle is having an, an outstanding season. But I think Keegan against Ross Common there, he showed on Smith that he, he can do both, right? But I think in an All-Ireland final, if you're asking Lee Keegan to him, I wouldn't be asking him to try. To, I would always try. Like when I was playing with Kerry, I, I'd be better attacking. I can say it now. I'd be better attacking than I would be a man-marking job. And I used to hate. I played against Oshin McConville in, in 2002 in the final. In the first half, I was on plenty of ball up the field, half back. But in the second half, McConville was cute enough. He, he brought me in around the full forward line where I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be man-marking. Now, Keegan is a guy who I think you'll get most out of when he's attacking. And if he if he, if his role is taken that little bit, he's the one guy that can hurt Dublin, I think. Like, Boyle will, will hurt Dublin at stages, but I think Keegan is the real man at the back there, himself and Higgins, in terms of attacking. And I think, are you going to have man-mark there? I think there's going to be a lot of uh, one-on-one situations. I agree with Connor. I think the dubs will go man-on-man as much as they can. I think they chase down the, the kickouts. I saw them in the last game. It was unbelievable. But who do you put Keegan on? I'm not sure. Does Connolly start? Does Flynn start? Um, you know, I, I don't know who Dublin will, will play on that wing. Will Keegan probably have a, a one-on-one? He probably will, you know. But I, I do think that Mayo need to get that balance right. Last They mightn't get a second chance. Last year they did. And in, this, in the draw and the replay, they made sure that Keegan was given the license to go forward. You know, there's nothing um, worse for a half forward if you put them on the back foot and start driving and then you're, you're, you're playing with their mind. You're saying, Jeez, I'm supposed to be up front, but I have to go with him. If I don't go with him, he'll get on ball and put him thinking and doing something he doesn't want to do. And I think that's what they'll have to do with Keegan. I'm not sure who, who he'll pick up. Um, if Connolly starts to be a bit of fun, I'd say, will they mark each other? I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I'd, lo- I'd love to see Connolly playing if he was I think the whole country any neutral would love to see Connolly playing if he was going well and nobody knows what's going on inside the Dublin camp so who will Keegan pick up I'm not too sure um, will they, it'll be interesting I think they'll definitely have to have roles or man-marking jobs for, for Conor Callaghan I think speaking with Sean Kavanagh last night Sean Kavanagh told me that Tyrone had no plan at all at all for Conor Callaghan they didn't they were so busy with the other forwards that they didn't actually f- uh, focus in on him in any meeting. Now, Conor Callan did wreck in the first 20 minutes against Dublin. You know, he was outstanding. So, I think with the dubs, it was like the Tyrone team in the noughties. There's six forwards that could do damage. You know, it's very, very hard and very hard to find the matchups. Last year, Keegan was on Conley. This year, I'm not sure. With the Aidan O'Shea thing, look, I, I, I said it last night, I think Aidan O'Shea has been outstanding all year. You know, when Mayo were struggling, this fella stood up and... He stood up brilliantly. He 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 actually dragged them through a few games. He was the leader. He he, he was actually looking for ball, demanding ball, and that's the Aidan O'Shea we all love. The problem for me is Aidan O'Shea needs to be doing that against Dublin, and that's where you'll judge him. Like you know, you judge, uh, and I, I it might be unfair. You know, I, I compared him to Michael Murphy this year, and that might be unfair to be comparing him to Michael Murphy. But this is the pedestal that he's head, held in in Mayo, and I think. We talk about the full forward line playing well and and the difference that they could make. And Mayo ran Dublin very, very close. I don't think they'll fear Dublin at all at all in terms of they know how close they can get to Dublin. They'll think that they have tactically come on from last year and they'll take 
think that they have better forwards than they had last year. So they won't fear Dublin. But my thing is, as well as that full forward line scoring, you do need Aidan O'Shea to have an impact. You need him to be doing well around the middle of the field. If Dublin hammer him into the ground, and I expect Philly McMahon to be picking him up, if they do ram him into the ground, it is it is a notch for Dublin-like. And it's, it's one of their big men put away. So I think he'll probably play centre-forward. That's the, probably the role you'd have. I mean, fairness, Parsons and Shami uh, Shea were outstanding against Kerry over the two games. Um, Parsons came into brilliantly in the second half. So I can't see Aidan O'Shea playing midfield. He certainly won't be probably get an, an All-Star nomination at full-back, but he won't be in there the next day. Um, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> I, I, and I don't... I, I, I think he'll be on the 40, to be honest with you, somewhere in the half-hour line. And I hope they don't start changing, putting him in and out and changing him around the place. Let him give have one role and let him... Like, he'll start at midfield for the throw-in. Like, I, I'll, be, I'll be interested. I can't wait for the throw-ins. Because I, I said, like... Kerry need to win the two throw-ins against Aidan O'Shea and to be fair to Aidan the first day the ball was thrown in and Kerry won it I think it was David Moore was it that won it or, or uh, Jack Barry that won it and I'll tell you what Aidan O'Shea ran after him turned him over threw him over the sideline and had a, had a line ball from Mayo coming up the other end and he won the second half he won the two throw-ins last um, in the replay so I think and he, he ran at, at Kerry like he's, he's a leader if you allow him to lead but the next day if if Mayo are to win, Aidan O'Shea certainly has to be has to have a starring role. Yeah, Rory, you said at the start of the show when you were talking about your Mayo prediction that you really feel like Aidan O'Shea is a big game in him this Saturday, like or Sunday rather. Why do you think he can finally kind of put in a big display in an All Ireland final now? Well, I think um, Aidan's biggest thing from his own point of view is his he has to believe in him, his own ability. He's shown he has the ability. Like he, Sean Cameron said it last night on the Sunday game, he's unmarkable and he's in the zone. But because Aiden is this kind of a his poster boy, kind of a fella, and he's on his Instagram and his Twitter, and he's all this kind of he loves a bit of attention, a bit of crack and all. That's his probably his biggest problem from a footballer point of view. He probably lets that get into his head a little bit rather than just concentrating on how good am I. My ability is as good as I'm I, I'm unmarkable when I'm in the zone. So if I was Rochford, what you need to do is, is hammer the hammer, as you say. And to me, hammer and hammer Dublin, three lads I would love to see with their hands full on Sunday is Philly McMatton. He just loves something up the field, kicking ball. That's what Philly enjoys. So I hope it's O'Shea because O'Shea owes him one. Like, and Philly will be the first to tell you that he likes marking O'Shea because O'Shea doesn't like when Philly's on him. So I'd love O'Shea to go man to man on him, use his physical power on him. I want to see someone, uh, you know, let Kieran Kilkenny think on the ball. Kieran Kilkenny is getting all this praise for hand passing to you back to me over there. Now he's brilliant at it and he's. Great control on the ball and he's very good at what he does, but he needs to have someone to mind himself. And Keno Sullivan is the third lad I want to see busy on Sunday as well. Like he has a lovely, he has like the easiest role ever on the team because he's so good at his positional sense in the sweeper. So whoever on him, make him think twice. And I think if they can concentrate on them three and let Dublin start to fluff a little bit at the back, get turned over once or twice, get a score, then that's when Mayo will start to believe in themselves. So that's where I like, uh, and again the Dublin half forward line. If he goes now, he probably won't. But if he goes as selected with Scully at ten and and O'Callaghan at eleven, he probably won't. He probably will be Flynn or, or, or Connolly. I'm gonna ask Tomas is if Tomas O'Shea was in his prime with Kerry like Lee or Colin Boyle is now. Would Tomas? Would you not love a rattle at, at Conor Callaghan in All Ireland finally? A young lad who. All the hype is around. He's the next Alan Brogan. He's the next star. He hasn't witnessed an All-Ireland final himself. Scully the same. Like, would you just not believe in yourself? Ten minute cut at this fella. 
if he proves himself, yeah, fair enough, he is an all-star. But I still, he's a young lad still. Yes, if he does carry himself and have a big influence in the game, but I would definitely question him like early on in the game, get into his face, make him go on the back foot and then see what... what do you know what I'm coming from with Tomas and that? Would you be thinking that kind of attitude if you were going into the game as a Colin Boyle, say, or Lee Keegan? Yeah, well, I, I think, I suppose Mayo will know coming into the game who they're going to be picking up, you know, and I think, yeah, you look at their strong points and Colin Callan, they look at the, the start that that man had against Tyrone and how important he is and the pace he brings to it and how clinical he is really as well. But yeah, you'd have to, you'd, if, if you were given a role, but there's an awful amount, there's so many dangers, like you have the attacking halfbacks, you have midfield who will attack, you'll have Fenton who's so clever, he goes through games like, if you watch a game second time back and the influence he has on most games, like it's phenomenal. And he doesn't stand out as one of the, the top three maybe in every game, but he's there, thereabouts. Um, yeah, there, I don't know, if, if you're going to focus in, I could never, if somebody told me, like, I, I found it hard. You'd have certain fellas who would rattle certain players. You know, Philly McMahon is well able to rattle a player when he needs to rattle a player. I wouldn't be able to 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 go in and, and it's not my gain to be getting dirty with a fella. If a fella got dirty with me, grand. But I wouldn't. You need a specialised player to kind of block a fella out and sacrifice his own game. Mike McCarthy famously, I think, was nominated for, for man of the match and he didn't kick a ball in the whole game. All he was doing, and that actually happened, all he was doing was putting hands in. But about 15 balls went in his man the ball came out every single time, you know. So certain players won't get on the ball, but they will, they will absolutely blot a player out of it. Uh, I think there's certain players that that probably. But you see, another part of this, lads, is I think there's two big issues: the Dublin bench will be a big issue, and Cluxon will be a big issue. What do Mayo do? Like I, I, I a fella laughed at me. He says, "Why would you drop off their kick out?" But I think it's a dangerous game if you start pushing up on Cluxon's kick out because if you start pushing up on Cluxon's kick out, we said it so many times. Your forward line is stretch when you're attacking. If you kick that ball wide, your corner forward could be somewhere and you're trying to rush over to your corner back who's on the opposite side because you were trying to get away from him. And I think that they possibly might be better off just dropping out and giving them the short kick out instead of committing men forward and then with one kick, there's three of them taken out of it. What about Whereas, a mix? Probably a mix would be a good idea, yeah. But I think, I think it, it, it's, you can't bog yourself down with trying to crack him playing zonally the whole game. I think probably a mix would be a good idea. Sometimes when you can, if you have a free kick, you can certainly push up, as Kerry found out last year, on him. Um, but all the time trying to push up, I think is madness. I think you're killing yourself with energy. I think drop out. You'll have to give them a certain amount of kickouts and make them work through you. If you're tight at the back, push up. The long kick isn't on. Right, make them come through you. And, and by God, if they come through a middle third, that Mayo lads are working their socks off and they get hurt coming through. You know, it might it it'd be a tough battle for them to to do that for seventy minutes. So I think um, Cluxton is still an issue, but he showed in the last game. It doesn't matter if you push up or, or back off. He's going to the percentages he has in terms of possession are phenomenal. Like I think I think uh, if you watch Clark, Clark was excellent the last day. And they obviously did a huge amount of homework between the drawn game and the second game in terms of the way they found their men. Kerry had them cracked in the first day, but in the second day, Clark was outstanding, I thought. And I think that's something that Dublin are really focusing on. If you ever watch their forwards uh, when they kick out, they're all barking at each other. They're covering zonally. They don't want a short kick out given. Now, they'll give it if they have to, but they don't like giving it. 
Connor, I suppose he talked about Tomas talked a bit about Clux in there. Is this going to be the year potentially where he finally maybe gets recognised by his peers and wins maybe a Player of the Year award? He, at the moment, he's the bookie's favourite. Think he's eleven to four. Yeah, well, I think this Player of the Year thing is very strange. We were just talking about it before because this, you know, this Dublin season, particularly this summer, there hasn't been any, you know. You know, Bernard Brogan in 2011, Alan Brogan 20, or Bernard 2010, Alan Brogan 2011. There's been no outstanding individual. There's been there's been eight or nine fellas that are probably in that hunt. Like the Cluxon thing, it's funny. He's actually he's only gotten one All Star since Dublin actually won in All Ireland. So he was being recognised, I think, by an awful lot of his peers um, prior to Dublin's kind of period of success. But I think. You know, there's been an awful lot of talk of Cluxon this year because he's b- broken appearance records and that type of thing. But I still honestly believe that he's kind of underappreciated, that, 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 that he will need, you know, to, to fully quantify his influence on, on Dublin football and football in general. We'll have to wait until he's finished because I think the biggest market of it, and this will, you know, take it on to this weekend, is that, say, last year in the All Ireland semi final, Kerry put him under pressure with that set piece press up after they had. Uh, close in freeze and they got Dublin into a bit of a flap and they conceded two goals and going into the All-Ireland final then uh, particularly in the replay people were saying well look you know this fella he's losing it he's cracking a bit like he's not unerring or he's not as uh, he doesn't have the ice running in his veins that we thought he did and he produced an absolute classic performance and even like I remember the 2013 All-Ireland final which wasn't a classic by any stretch of the imagination and the people who talk about going to man to man and pushing up on the Dublin kick out Mayo went man-to-man all over the pitch that day. They were absolutely hell-bent on being man-to-man. And I distinctly remember that night, Kevin McStay uh, on the Sunday game, going through a little thing. It, it, it was Cluxon's masterclass. Because if you press up on Dublin, Dublin have a set play for that. They will make runs all over the place. They will drag fellas out. of, And then there's a little pocket that opens up that Cluxon puts the ball into. So not that it's beyond kind of preparing for. I just don't think... Like I don't know how I don't know what you do. I think it's gotten to the stage now where his communication is is such and with his own players, uh, and it's so well drilled that it that it's nearly impossible to get any sort of real sustained kind of pressure on it. You might get a bit of luck. Uh, you might win yeah. one or two battles, but I just don't. Like I don't like the Kerry thing last year was almost revolutionary. And the, and the worst thing from Kerry's point of view was that it happened well, before half time. Like had they had Kerry done that after half time, I think they would have won the game. But it just gave Dublin you know, a little break to kind of get their head around it. Clucks and reset and he, he found his man nearly every single time in the second half. And then what was another thing, I don't know, was it a couple of years ago when, when uh, Kerry actually, I actually felt it, you know, one ball went over the sideline, they cracked him on one ball and they yeah. cracked him on a second uh, ball and they got a goal, right? And everybody said, ah, they cracked, they cracked Clucks and they were, you know, they were just not good enough in the day, but they did crack Clucks and if you go back over that, I think Clucks and missed two kickouts yeah. in the whole day, that was it. <laughs> Do you know, whereas if you compare him, I, I, the easiest way I think to describe him, he's like a golfer, right? And and you guy a guy who strikes a ball, it's like a twenty. And the rest of them are fifteen handicappers up. Your man has single figures. Like he he just every time he hits a ball, it's a clean strike. He knows where it's going, and there's he's confident. He'll take a chance on. And if he is cracked, it doesn't fluster him. If it, if one ball does go astray, somebody get a rollicking or something because he's deadly at that as well. He'll come out. And if he's exposed inside on a one-on-one shot, like, and he doesn't get enough credit for his shot stopping either, but if he is exposed, he'll go out and that backline will get a rollicking uh, straight after. I do think, I, I, I didn't know that he only got one all-star since they started winning. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's it's accepted that, that um, I, I think sometimes 
it's 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 he doesn't get the recognition at all at all. I think, geez, the man should have seven or eight all star all stars like the way it is. And if somebody makes three or four big saves, like nowadays goalies aren't judged on on saves as much as even kickouts. You know, they, if you ask about a goalie, how are his kickouts? That's the first thing you're going to ask. You're not going to ask about about saves. That's what Cluxon has done to the game. Cluxon has changed the way goalies play. You can't. I remember Declan O'Keefe, and he had these pair of boots that uh, Nick Popwell used to wear they're the big ankle <laughs> boots like and his job I remember he tried a short kick out inside in training one night and Pardy absolutely reddened him and he said what are you doing he says you just drive it out the middle and we had that out. that was our plan it was, thanks be to God we didn't have to spend so much time uh, dedicating plans to kick outs because our plan was route one and he, in fairness Cluxton I think more than any other player any forward midfielder defender has changed the game, and to be fair, it's like the quarterback. It's like the, it's like the American football. He dictates the way the way Dublin play and how fast they play and restarts everything. It's, it's, it's phenomenal, really. I, I think as well. Just part of the reason that we remember all these, uh, you know, the press that Kerry got up the last time and the two goals they got it's off. So it. rare. Yeah, it's because it's so <laughs> rare. We actually remember every mistake, and because it's such a significant thing, it actually generates a different atmosphere in the ground. Like I remember last year when oh, Kerry last got year was phenomenal. It was it was just like. It was like all these people showed up to watch a game and something that they had not imagined in a million years was happening. And it was brilliant. Like, it really changed the atmosphere in the stadium. I, I know, sorry, another funny thing about his year this year is, uh, you know, obviously Tomas we take shot stopping for granted. This has been his best shot stopping mm-hmm. year in 10 years. Even like a league match against Ross Common, he made about five saves. Yeah. The one against Daniel Flynn, the penalty save. He's actually, people are taking it for granted that David Clark is the better shot Jack stopper. Jack McCarron as well. He's had two great saves. Exactly. Jack McCarron. The thing is with Cluxton as well is like Tomas nailed it there is that most goalkeepers, like, they're in there. You know they're mad anyway. Most goalkeepers they're stonewall mad anyway in general. Like, but to be all in goals there in any club game, if a keeper uh, kicks the ball over the end line, the all start running him. Oh, he's rattling, he's rattling. He lets in a high ball and Gary only drops it. But the thing that is, clucks all over. It's as if it never happened. Puts the next ball down, bang, and that's what separates him from. From the rest, like like the only criticism I'd have is Cluxton is that I play midfield all my life. I'm six four, seventeen stone, even when I'm fit, and I rarely get a ball kicked out to the middle. Now this is Cluxton all over, and the problem he's is he's ruined your career. He has, yeah, and infiltrated. We don't need a big man there to catch a ball. What you see now, but the problem is with Cluxton is the influence he has on club keepers from senior, intermediate, and junior who think they're Cluxton but they're not, mm-hmm. and they frustrate the balls out of every midfielder out there trying. Oh, the goalkeepers coming up to take the freeze for a few years was very Niall Morgan still. Even my own club, we have the keepers trying all these mental kickouts, trying to be clucks. And you see it in all club games, like just Cluxton is an exceptional freak of the game, like he is. And I think it's only when he's retired people will. But I think he met. The other thing is, I think he met a kindred spirit in Jim Gavin as well. You know, they're two very, you know, very. Jeez, fellas who are deep now. No, but like I just I think they're two very serious people about football. Whereas Cluxton, you know, from what I hear when he was trying to do things early on in his career, you know, why don't we have fellas doing different runs and all the rest of it? He was kind of told, listen, pal, relax. We're, yeah, not, often, we're not reinventing I, the wheel I, yeah, here. I often wonder Whereas what, I think why Jim, Gav, Jim Gavin is happy for him to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You know? I often wonder why the kicker strategy came in when it did and why it wasn't kind of like always there with Cluxton, you know, like yeah. the manager's just not recognised he had the skill or did he just not feel comfortable bringing it up? I don't know. I remember in 2005. What year was it? He well, kind it, of brought it. Well, in 2005 Dublin I remember they had the quarter final against Tyrone and in the first half that year uh, Kieran Whelan lorded it and at half time Mickey Hart made three or four changes and part like um, almost the main part of it was they got two or three players in around Kieran Whelan so every time Whelan came down with the ball he had two or three players around him so uh, the following year I think Dublin had a midfield pairing of Shane Ryan and Kieran Whelan and Shane wasn't the tallest man in the world but he could cover the ground exceptionally quickly so uh, I remember just watching I can't remember was a uh, 
it might have been Barry Cattle. He, he'd make a run back towards Cluxton. He'd leave a big pocket of space. And Shane Ryan would run into the yeah, space and was, Cluxton would hit him on the run. And that was like as simplistic as that sounded. It was probably quite was, revolutionary was that, for the time. Six lengths to final where they absolutely annihilated Wexford. I was actually at the game and it was the first time he's looking at a midfielder going, Jesus Christ, he's doing some running. Because most midfielders just stand there, wave the hand up. Now they might rake a 10 yard jet left to right to get a leap at the ball. But as you said, Shane Ryan was making these 40, 50 yard runs, winning in the chest. And I'd never seen that before, ever. Like, yeah. So it probably was around then, and he's been carrying it for the last seven years or eight years. Like. Yeah, Tomas, just before we let you go, I was wondering if we get a final quick prediction from you. Um, I, I Look, I think Mayo will probably run... Mayo, if, if Mayo play to the strengths they play, it'll be interesting to see tactically how they approach a certain few things, you know, kickouts, um, who they'll put man-to-man... Um, you know, I think the forward line, Aidan O'Shea's role, I think midfield, that middle sector in terms of work rate and all that. But I can't see over 75 minutes, I cannot see uh, Mayo beating Dublin. And that's just that's just it. I, I, no matter if they deserve it or if, if they've had some Trojan season and if they're going better than they've had before, I still find it hard to see how Dublin will be beaten. I think Dublin... Um, I think Connor said it there, where, where they bring in these young fellas and they're just fellas who haven't won all Ireland's. They have a hunger, and these the, those older lads were there in 2009 when we hammered them off the field, and that little bit of edge is there as well. And I think that's important in the dressing room, but I just can't see Mayo out shooting Dublin. I think the 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 Dublin full back line have a huge have a huge say in where where this goes. The Dublin full, the Dublin back line in general, Keno Sullivan, every time I think that. The answer is there, those six players there, and how well they do. If they play well on Sunday, I can't see Mayo winning. All right, thanks very much, Tomas. I really appreciate you All joining right. us. Thanks. Connor, I guess we'll move on to a bit more of a Dublin focus now. We were talking a bit off air. For me, one of the most intriguing things about this weekend is the use of the bench. There's so many big names. Obviously, Bernard Brogan one of, and Michael Darren McCauley, two former footballers of the year, didn't get a single minute against Tyrone. Darren McConnelly got about two or three. How do you think Jim Gavin will go about using it this weekend? Will it be the same way he used it against Tyrone? No, look, I think if you look at how he used his bench um, for the Monaghan game versus the Tyrone game, he actually used completely different players. Like like Kevin McManaman didn't get on at all against Monaghan. He was the first man on against Tyrone. Bernard Brogan went in the opposite direction. So, uh, you know, I think part of that with Jim is, 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 like Jim knows that he has a very rare bunch of footballers on his bench. And I think he probably will have used the fact that Dublin were so far ahead against Tyrone to bring on players so that everybody on the bench on All-Ireland final day thinks that they're in with a chance of coming on. But how he uses it, I just think that he has players that have very specific um, roles to play. You know, like if the game gets stretched, uh, Kevin McManaman is a great man to exploit space, whereas maybe early on in this game, it might not be Kevin's, uh, might not be Kevin's game. Uh, I'd expect one of Paul Flynn or Dermot Connolly to start the final, maybe in place of Niall Scully. I don't know which, but again, like you know, they'll provide something different. Michael Dermot Connolly again, like he changes the game when he comes on. You know, if you're if you're committing one or two men to the tackle when when people are breaking hard at your at your forty five, like you need three fellas to stop Michael Dermot Connolly coming at you. So, I think when we look back in the history of this Dublin team, I think this is probably. You couldn't say that it's necessarily a peak for the team, but it's definitely a peak in terms of the quality the of footballer that they have right through the squad. Um, because they don't just have an awful lot of quality on the bench, they have an awful lot of variation too. Yeah, uh, we're joined on the line by Alan Brogan now as well. Alan, obviously, you know, your brother Bernard's on the bench as well. It would have been unthinkable if 
even like a few months ago for Bernard not to get a single minute in the semi-final. What's his mindset ahead of the final? Is he? I presume he's hopeful of at least getting a, a run out this time. Ah, uh, yeah, I would think so. I think I, I, I agree with Connor. To be honest with you, I think Jim kind of played the guys off each other a little bit between the Manon and the and the and the and the Tyrone match, and obviously the 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 game against Tyrone was over after forty minutes, or whatever. And I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked next Sunday if we don't see Bernard and Mick McCauley on the pitch at some stage. And I think, like, if he's looking at his subs and the many guys he has to use, I think he probably will play one of Flynn or Darren McConley because if he doesn't, uh, all of a sudden, then he has those four guys and Ke- and Kev McMahon, five guys sitting on the bench that he's under a little bit of pressure to use. Whereas I think if he puts Niall Scully back onto the bench, if 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 he wants to use Niall all well and good, but he won't be under the same the same kind of pressure to 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 put him in as he might some of the other more high profile guys maybe but uh, yeah look I think he's been it, it, it's it's like a very good situation Jim has been in over the last over the last couple of weeks that he's been able to make these guys go really hard at each other in training and, and by all accounts a couple of training matches have been uh, have been fairly intense over the last couple of weeks yeah I can only imagine uh, Alan and I, I was actually reading Jackie Turrell's book during the week and I, I, I know Jim Gavin and Brian Cody from the outside appear to be very different characters. You know, Brian Cody's obviously a lot more animated than the sideline, but the way they're managing their squads and keeping that hunger seems to be almost identical. Like Jim has gotten about 25, 26 players really primed, like relishing the chance to make an impact on Sunday. Yeah, well, I suppose the strength of a squad leaves him in a position that he's able to do that. I think if you look at some of the other counties, they just don't have the personnel where they can afford to maybe keep a fella like Dermot on the bench until the last minute or keep Bernard and Mick McCauley off to keep them really, really hungry going into the next couple of weeks training session. Other counties just have to use those guys whether they like it or not. And, um, look at those. It leaves Dublin in a very good situation. Obviously, the, the, the games they play, particularly the one against... Tyrone probably wasn't great preparation for an All Ireland final at all. So he'd be he'll have been hoping that his that his training sessions over the last couple of weeks will have the guys primed, primed and ready going into Sunday. Yeah, Rory, do you think Dermot McConnelly will start on Sunday? Would you do you think would you like to see him start actually? Uh, it's a hard one, I suppose, because <coughs> like if like I I think he will, to be honest with you, because um, that's what, what his plan was, was to get him on the field for a couple of minutes just to get that cameo out of the way. Yeah, you're back in business, it's out of so you're just gonna start front on. But it's hard to know, like like from where I was sitting, Paul Flynn was is back to his best, like and him as an option there, um, especially for, for kickouts with Cluxton if they do press, he's there to run into the into the pocket like but yeah, I, I don't think he'll start Scully. Like, unfortunately for Scully, like the way I see, it, if Scully doesn't start, he's not going to kick a ball in all Ireland final. Like, because they're gonna, if things are getting pressed, they're gonna turn turn to his proven fellas. And poor Scully, who's had an outstanding year both in league and championship, won't see get won't see any match or any game time in all Ireland final. So that's tough on him. But Jim Gavin obviously doesn't care. We'll just get over the line. Um, Conley start. I, I'd like to see him start like, because every- I hope he starts and I hope we see Lee Keegan go straight to him with the throw in. Like that's that's what we as supporters want to see is Dermot and Lee Keegan going at it again. And Jim probably probably mightn't want that sideshow going on, but certainly as supporters, I I hope Dermot and uh, Dermot and Lee Keegan match up again and, and 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 continue that great battle they've been having over the last couple of years. Yeah, it'd be great seeing them. We just have to make sure they grant the ARG to supply about three or four number twelve jerseys anyway to keep them <laughs> lit for the game. Like, but it is like it's it's a titanic battle. It reminds me a lot of um, 
Paul Gavin and Noel O'Leary back in the day. Like, you just knew when they went at each other, they didn't have any respect <coughs> for each other. But the, well, respect, obviously, off the field, but on the field, they didn't care. They were both ratty in each other's faces. And that's what you get with Keegan. And in a way, you, know, you nearly have to tip Keegan because now Keegan still hasn't hit his best form yet, but he's been playing all the way through. Like, how much uh, football has Connolly been playing? Yes, I know internal games are obviously competitive with Dublin, but Keegan has had championship games all the way through. Will he be more f fresher than Connolly or more. You know, well, that's a hard one to call. Well, like. well the thing about putting Keegan on Connolly, it could work in Dublin's favour. As Rory mentioned, Connolly hasn't played any football. He's a bit of a red herring almost. Conor Callahan's been doing a lot of damage. You know, James McCarthy coming from deep. So if they can take Keegan out of the game and kind of almost use Connolly as a distraction. Yeah, well, look, we, we were talking earlier on that if you're doing the, the Footballer of the Year award, you know, say if Dublin are going to win it, there's probably seven or eight fellas and none of them are Dermot Connolly, you know. And it, like by the same token, people were talking about the performances of Paddy Andrews the last day or Paul Mannion. Like, you know, part of the thing that works very well for them is that when the opposition gets down to doing their, their matchups, they're being marked by the fifth or sixth best man marker on the opposition team because of the, the standard of other guys that are there. And I think if Darren McConnelly starts the final, I don't actually, like, he, he there's no way in hell he can be as prominent in Mayo's plans as he has been for the last few years when he has been almost a kind of lightning rod for the Dublin football team. Because, like, if you know, if you look at this and you start to you're planning your matchups, like, you have to put your best fella on Conor Callan at the moment. He is playing the best football of any of the Dublin forwards at the moment. Is that Keegan or is it Brendan Harrison or what, who do you... I don't know what the... You know, I mean, what will they do in that sort of situation? I'd say it's probably going to be Brendan Harrison. I think they will be happy enough for Colin Boyle to, mar to march up with... Kilkenny maybe, would he? Kieran Kilkenny, probably. Yeah, well, mark him around the pitch. Picked up like a Paul Flynn or someone like that, yeah. Like, I think, like... Dermot's the type of character that... That's, that's maybe a little bit like Mark Vaughan a few years ago you tell Dermot he can't do something and he just wants to do it and I think he's going to be coming in with a real point to prove like obviously he won't have been happy with the last couple of months have gone um, and how he was treated whether it was right or wrong or whatever but you can be sure he won't be happy with so he's coming in with a point to prove and I think he's the type of fella when he gets when he gets the bit between the teeth and, and, and really wants to show people something that's when he produces his best form and I think for that reason he's a very dangerous animal coming in from AO to weekend and 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 like like if he does start, I think letting somebody who who isn't in the top two or three man markers at Mayo pick him up is going to be a very dangerous uh, a very dangerous ploy for Mayo. See us us and Mayo probably won't know until um, the parade really, won't you? Not because I know they throw yeah. out teams now, but you know yourself nowadays it's all just thrown in for the program, but. Mayo will obviously have to sit down during the week and say, right, Lee or whoever, Harrison or Chris or whoever, right, if this happens, you're going on him. So that as well can be tough mentally when you're preparing for a big, big game. Who am I on? Like, Yeah, know, Alan, so. when will Jim tell the Dublin guys who's starting, who are they on, that go through the matchups? Will they know that a good bit out in advance? No, they'll probably not. No, he won't name the team until Friday night probably. And, and he's he's like, he's been notoriously, uh, notoriously close with his team. Like nobody has ever found out in the days leading up, whether they were playing or whether they were off, he literally he'll, he'll tell guys that aren't starting maybe before that last session on Friday, have a quick have a quick chat with him, and then he'll probably name the team in the huddle before training on the Friday. And and, and like in fairness to the Dublin camp, it's it's been very tight over the last number of years, so I wouldn't expect any information to come out at all until until quarter past three Sunday afternoon and so that is going to be difficult for Mayo because they are going to have to pinpoint somebody if Dermot if Dermot is playing. You pick him up if he's not. You pick somebody else up. So as Rory says there, that is a difficult mental space to be in for for uh, uh, for any of the Mayo defenders that are, that are involved in that kind of what if. 
But yeah. even Alan, would they have had, I presume they would have had a, an A versus B final game last weekend, just gone. And even, now I know Dublin do go 15 on 15, but surely they have some sort of tactics. Nah, he'll keep it guessing, like he'll play, he always throws, he always throws a curveball, like he'll, like he'll play somebody in a position at, 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 he'll play an A's versus B's, maybe 13 out of the 15 to be on the A's. He'll have, he'll have two guys that won't be named in the team the next, the next week. So, I, I presume he does that on purpose, so maybe to keep guys guessing are, 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 are so that guys don't know the full hand. And it's very rarely he'll play the first 15 in the A versus B's match. Um, he might change it up at halftime. And obviously he'll know his team. I'm sure Jim knows his team knows his team now, but uh, he'll keep the players guessing right up. Yeah, because if someone has a hero of a game in the A versus B, because I presume that's what they're for, and, and, and Jim Gavin's known for picking on form. So as you said, if he, if he doesn't, include two people in a, and they are on the B team and they destroy someone like that does that mix them up or would he be Well he leaves that out yeah it's hard to know yeah. not, like I often press Jim you know when I say press him you'd be, you'd be asking a couple of questions to see would he give you a bit of information on, 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 on are you in are you out or what do you think but he he, he never he never revealed anything mm-hmm. before the Friday and, evening and just, other uh, managers Sorry, just a quick one. Has he ever lost a plot of training? Because I just I can't see him by judging him on the telly about has he ever like smacked has he ever basically got tickets of training? Like cause no one has an insight into Jim Gavin whatsoever. No. Like is he as cool no, as a short answer no. And a short answer no. Like you can notice if he's if he's if he gets annoyed at something, but it's very rare that that, that something would happen on a football pitch that 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 would upset him visibly on the outside, I'm sure. Yeah, so maybe yeah, he seems to be fairly bulletproof, all right, like that. Yeah, yeah but like Carmichael was very cool, the... and that obviously comes from the aviation background. Like those, like he is trained in 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 how to handle himself in pressurized situations, and like I think that comes across in, in how he manages his football teams as well. But just like like with some of the other managers beforehand, with the likes of Pat Gilroy, Pillar Caffrey. Now with those managers, I was probably further up the field chain than I was with than I was with Jim Gavin, but. But I was always able to get a little bit of info out there maybe the week before the match of, of who might be starting alongside me or, or Pat might ask what I thought or whatever. But there's, but there's none of that with you. Maybe with Cluckholders a little bit, but I don't think with anyone else has any really insight in, into uh, what his thoughts are leading up to the team being named. Yeah, that just that point on the A versus B's and how far a fella can jump up the jump up the thing. Like by by last Monday after the last year after the Monday after the drawn all Ireland final replay, you know, the stories went around of how well Karma Costello had gone in training. And like I don't think Karma Costello played a minute of championship football last year before he came on in that final and won it. So I mean clearly he does, you know. I, you know we were talking about Brian Cody earlier on. Like he is like he is the fella who absolutely picks on A's versus B's like he threw Walter Walsh into a final replay he ended up man of the match he did the same thing with Killian Buckley a couple of years later so I think managers like them genuinely do go on form I don't think they have any you know I don't think they'll necessarily pick any fella on reputation or even what they have done against a similar opposition in the past yeah one player I wanted to get your opinion on Connor, just who's actually been going quite well I think he could have potentially have a big impact this weekend given that you know a lot of talk was about the Mayo full back line how they would deal with Kieran Donahue could Ono Gara play a big role do you think he's in pretty good for me he had a good cameo off the bench against Tyrone is he someone who do you think could maybe have a Corma Costa like impact this year yeah I think like we saw earlier on in the league just I noticed it a couple of times Dublin playing um, very long direct high balls to their full forward line and the reason that we sort of noticed it is that they haven't actually done that in about five six years um, and then O'Gara started to play more of a role early on in the championship he was the first sub on 
against Westmead, was it, when he got that brilliant goal? So I think they have a very specific role for Ono Gara in mind, and I think it, it is if they need a goal in a certain stage in a match. Um, like if you remember the 2013 All-Ireland final, O'Gara had a snapped hamstring and Keith Higgins stayed marking him up the far corner of the pitch. So, um, you know, I think Mayo take him very, very seriously. And in the game, particularly if it becomes stretched, um, okay, the early throws of these All-Ireland finals, not that it, they, they're cagey, but teams are still in their system. They're still still sticking to their process. But, you know, in the last 20 minutes, I think if it's if it's one-on-one -on -one and there's a bit of space back there and Dublin get an early ball into O'Gara, like he's physically so strong and he's very, very quick. People don't appreciate how yeah, quick he is over the ground as well. He's very unpredictable as well, and he's he's like the one guy that if he gets one on one or even in two on one situations, like like he can get a goal out of nothing, and there's not going to be many guys on that field to be able to do that in the same type of fashion he has. And like I think, kind of just talking about the the um, long balls in now, I think particularly against Mayo, he'll be. I'd imagine he'd be in early. It's going to be a game that will suit him because there will be that little bit of space, that little bit more space in front of the full back line than we've seen in the last couple of games. So. I think he is. Uh, look, any time he's going in, he, like he causes a consternation in there. He's always, you know, he is unpredictable. He could hit a bad wide as easy as easy. He can get a great goal, but I think just what he brings there is uh, like he's always a goal threat. Yeah, just, the thing as well, just, just, just to show his 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 energy that he brings into his game. That the fact that when he does win a ball, he's liable to kick it over the canal end and into the into the into the water. Like, do you know what I mean? He 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 hasn't got it in him to calm himself down and just clip it over the bar. Like, and that's part of who he is when he wins a ball. He actually so kicked a really good point against Kerry though last year to I think put them to, to put them well, yeah, yeah to put them one ahead. At just and that was like a, well, he, he a never, show of his maturity he, though. He never kicks a score as in like I always say with Stephen Bray for me he has it. Killian O'Connor is the same. Has this technique to just always get over the black spot but Jay's O'Gara is some man to welly him on over the bar like he just doesn't know how to just identically clip it over just, it's just, just, it? just even that point though applies to what you were saying earlier on Rory like people have these theories about and I've heard that thing people have these theories about you can't allow Philly McMahon to get forward you can't allow Kieran Kilkenny to dictate the pace of the game uh, you can't who was the third one that you said Keno Sullivan, Sullivan you have yeah. to occupy him and they're all fair points but it, I think the, the point of that is like there are three fellas who more are going to play most of their football from behind the ball so you're talking about pushing up on three fellas that are sitting very deep no, and to do that zone, yeah. to, to do that you're going to leave yourself man on man like with with five against five or six against six in the Dublin forward line so um, you know this is the big decision that Stephen Rashford has to make is how man on man he's going to go how much they're going to push up on Dublin's playmakers fellas like Kilkenny Philly McMahon um, Brian Fenton and their sweep or Keno Sullivan uh, or how much they're going to protect their own defence uh, and honestly I, I don't think we'll know that one until they throw the ball in. Yeah, but, I, and like, but it's like you can do as many jigsaws as you want in this game and it's very hard to come out with a Mayo win it is like and the more you talk about it is the matter where you okay Rory push up here then they're loose at the back push up here yes of course if you do have an according to plan Dublin will win this game they have a better team they have the best bench but as we all know in sport and life in general it doesn't work out like that and that's just the way where my theory is coming from it's easy to say Dublin by five or six but I'm just believing fairy tales to be honest with you lads. yeah so we'll, actually, we'll, we'll finish off with just a quick round of predictions Rory I presume now at this stage you're not going to change yeah well to be honest I, I, I have me all the way through from I've been sat here on Roscommon the Derry all the Clare game Mayo Mayo I started reading you the papers Mayo last Sunday you Ireland after Roscommon game What's wrong with you? <laughs> Did you? Yeah, he's been tipping them all year. Go back over all them podcasts, Alan. I predicted <laughs> anyone, that everyone... Anyone but the dubs. <laughs> everyone's still, like, even now looking at me as if... No, I know I'm cracked, but I, I'm going to stick with them. I tell you why, because... 
I just believe that they will on Sunday. I'm not going to tell you exactly how. I just feel like, the, the, yeah, because if I do, I'll be talking through my arse like so, because the paper, they're going to be bet, but they won't. Um, and I firmly believe my will win. If Dublin uh, beat them by 10 points, yes, I put my hand up. But for me, it's Mayo by two points on Sunday. Connor? Yeah, I think, um, like, I, 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 I'm firmly, like, whatever way you look at it, right? I think Dublin are the best team in the country. Uh, I think they have corrected the problems that they had in the team last year, as in they've gotten more pace and youth up front. Uh, they look better drilled than they did this time last year, and they definitely have a be better bench than this time last year. And importantly, and fundamentally in all of these things, okay, finals are, 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 are different kind of occasions. But like Dublin, a lot of these Dublin players have been in four finals you know, and have won, albeit last year after a replay every single time. So they've proven that things like hype and expectation and all these things don't actually infect their mindset. So, like, I just think, I can see the argument for Mayo, I absolutely can. I can see the, you know, the idea that Mayo are going to hit them like no force they've ever heard because of what's on the line here for Mayo. But I still think if we play this game four times, I think Dublin win three of them. So, yeah, definitely Dublin, yeah. And Alan? Yeah, I think as Connor said, like, Mayo are going to bring like a savage, savage intensity to this and it and it'll be like nothing Dublin will have experienced in the last in the last twelve months. So so we don't know how Dublin are gonna deal with that because we haven't really seen them in a close battle like that for a good while. But like Dublin do hold lot do hold all the ace, there's no doubt about that. And I think if 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 uh like if both teams perform to their max capability, I think Dublin are gonna win are gonna win out. And I think like in fairness to Jim Gavley, like he goes through the things in such detail that 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 he'll have every eventuality looked at, he'll have every what if looked at, and and I don't think really Jim believes in fairy tales, Rory. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I agree with Alan and Connor. Unfortunately, Rory as well. <laughs> uh, so anyone, anyone here? No, give me. No, not even our sound engineer Gav is uh, agreeing with you. <laughs> right, uh, well, right. thanks, Alan. Thanks, Roy. Thanks, Connor. And thanks to Tomas for joining us as well. We'll be back next Monday to review the big game. Until then, you can get us on independent.ie, SoundCloud, or iTunes. So thanks so much for listening and goodbye. <laughs>